Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. Our compulsory third-party team is passionate about all things CTP. They have extensive knowledge of the complexities of CTP cases and have seen everything from a heated liability dispute, an alternative blameless accident allegation, a nuanced causation issue, and an economic loss claim with family trusts and an offshore bank account, and even a claim for replacement care for the family budgie. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Welcome back to the Proper Lookout Podcast. I'm here with Laura D'Alessandri. Just the other day, Laura, I was casually browsing the New South Wales case law when I came across an intriguing little Supreme Court decision. In that case, Midlands Metals sued the Cable Makers Association for some reason or another, but that's not important. What grabbed my attention was that the erstwhile members of the Cable Makers Association made a Calderbank offer to Midlands Metals. And rather than reject the offer or make a counteroffer, Midlands replied with a single word. Nuts. Nuts? That's right. Nuts. (laughs) At first, I thought it might be an acronym. N-U-T-S might have stood for maybe now unlikely to settle. According to the judgment, however, it was a reference to what Brigadier General Anthony Nutz McAuliffe said to the Germans at the Battle of the Bulge during World War II in response to any offer that he surrender. I don't get it. What does that have to do with anything? (laughs) I have no idea. And neither did Justice McDougall. Right. But... It got me thinking about some funny responses we have received to offers of settlement over the years. So I crowdsourced some stories from the team here at McCabe Kerwood. Ooh, ooh, tell me, this will be good. I love war stories. Well, I've got the list right here. Check it out. Once, we conveyed a written offer of settlement and got a one-word written response. Rejected. Well, that's not as bad as nuts, but it's up there. Another time, we received a letter stating... I have your offer. Get back to me when you're serious. (laughs) Another favorite was a letter that went something like this. Thank you for your letter dated X. No. I can almost guess who that was. What about this one? A solicitor wrote to us and said, I know your offer of $20,000. I assume there is a typing error and that a zero is missing and it should be $200,000. Right? Oh, all right. You probably meant it. Your offer is rejected. You know what? I love it when you make an offer at a settlement conference and the barrister on the other side looks baffled and said, what, for this matter? Yeah, as though we've turned up in the wrong file. (laughs) Or when the claimant says, that offer doesn't even cover our costs. And we're thinking, but the costs are regulated. Yeah, not long ago, a colleague was told, I note your last offer, my client, aka the idiot, apparently knows better than me. If you reopen your offer, you've got a deal on the condition." that you tell the insurer that they got a bargain. (laughs) I like it. What do you think of this tactic? A barrister told one of our solicitors before a CARS hearing, look, I think this case is underbaked. My view is the claimant suffers from a brain injury. Now, I know we don't have evidence right now, but I'm instructed to reject the CARS assessment, whatever it is, proceed to court, obtain an MRI of his brain and specialist opinion. We'll prove the brain injury, don't worry. Then we're going to brief senior counsel and claim several million dollars. But for today only, I'm instructed that the claimant will accept 50000 <laughs> That's That's hilarious. 
A colleague of ours told a story about when he made an offer of 60,000 inclusive in response to the claimant's offer of 300,000 inclusive. The claimant said, if you come up 40,000 and I come down 50,000, we might be able to do business. His response, in words to a similar effect, what? We would still be 150,000 apart. (laughs) That's awesome. I guess we probably say some silly things too. I wonder if the plaintiffs share stories like this about us. I'm sure they do. I love this one. A plaintiff law firm once accused us of being manipulative and deceitful during negotiations. We then wrote to them later asking for particulars and they wrote back saying, thank you for your letter. Your reputation precedes you. (laughs) Anyway, that Midlands medal case you saw, did it have anything interesting to say about Calderbank offers? Actually, it did. I'm glad you asked. The court reminded us that a Calderbank offer will only be effective where there is a genuine element of compromise in the offer. Justice McDougall said the court would not look favorably upon a Calderbank offer, which is merely a platform upon which an application for indemnity costs can be constructed. The offer has to include a genuine attempt to settle through a compromise. Right. So in a CTP context, a Calderbank offer, which is equal to, say, the sum claimed in Statement of Particulars, includes no element of compromise. So arguably, it doesn't provide a platform for indemnity costs? That's right. And there is also no element of compromise if the defendant offers a judgment for the defendant with the plaintiff paying the defendant's costs. But an offer of judgment for the defendant, each party paying their own costs, might involve a genuine element of compromise if substantial costs have been incurred. Thanks, Edipta. That was both fun and informative. Anytime. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.